And welcome to Three Speech, the entertainment podcast that also follows the rule of three. It's two friends, three topics, unlimited pop culture. I'm your host, Jamie. And I'm your host, Alin. And on today's show, we will be talking about Netflix homage to every action movie ever made, a gunpowder milkshake. The first in a three-part horror trilogy, originally written by R.L. Stein, Fear Street Part 1, and Oh my freaking god, did we finally get another Marvel movie? <laughs> it has been so long. That would be Black Widow. So, Alin, how you doing today? Good. You know that that is so true. We have not had a Marvel movie in so long. Mm-hmm. And then we get Black Widow and in in a few months I know we're getting another. I cannot think of it off the top of my head, but I know is, we we've talked it's about not Eternals, it. Eternals, is it? It is. A, I think it is Eternals. Yeah, I. you know, it's funny. I, I used to be really good at following that timeline of like what's coming up and what's next and what's Marvel doing. And ever since the pandemic and like Black Widow got pushed back for so long, I, I've like lost track of the whole timeline. So I don't even know what phase we're anymore. Phase 12? What phase? <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's like phase two subset I. Roman numeral <laughs> appendix G3. Yeah, it's like see here for Addendum where you are. Four. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm so lost, but I just remember when we did talk about all the Marvel greatness that is uh, ready to descend upon us. It was like every few months cuz they're trying to catch up. Yeah, this is true. I mean, I I want to say that the next television show is the Hawkeye one. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right about that. That's and coming so, up. I don't know when. Yeah, that has the potential to be amazing. It could re- be really bad or really great. I don't know what's going to happen there. I I think I've talked about this. That I've read the comics and they're really good. Um, and I know that there there's a dog, and it's all good things with the dog. So, pizza dog. Pizza yes, dog. pizza dog. He's the pizza best. dog. And oh. um, speaking of things that are returning to Disney. Mm. Should we kick off our little things and talk about that Loki finale? Yes, the first of our three little threes. Uh, I know we just did a bunch of Loki stuff, but man, we got to talk about that ending. And we have to mainly talk about it for one reason and one reason only. And that's because there was at least one thing that I was right about. And I actually have music now. Are you ready? Yeah, welcome to the new segment. Mm -hmm. Jamie was right. Ta-da! Oh, that is never going to get old. It's never going to get old. Are you going to play that like with your husband? Like I when when you like? No, I'm not saying win an argument, but basically. <laughs> I feel like it would be more appropriate if I played it in class for the kids when I was that's inevitably right about something. Oh, that's but so true. I know. I think they need to hear it more. But um, but yeah, I was right about Kang the Conqueror, and um, what was interesting is they never said the words. King the Conqueror. Correct. He said Conqueror, but it was pretty much it, right? Um, I now I gotta I gotta know, Alin, because as like say a person who not only knows a lot about Marvel but lives with someone who is basically a Marvelpedia, um, 
I had a lot of advanced knowledge going into the last episode of this thing. And I also had that advanced knowledge being spewed at me at high speed while the episode was in progress. So I got a lot of stuff that came at me from many directions. And I was pretty prepared for what was going on in that episode. But I got to think that if somebody was a casual watcher or something like that, did you find that episode either A, confusing or B, boring? Because I, I, you know, I talked about this, like, I got to imagine that that episode was better if you were a fan. And and that's the thing. Um, if you hadn't mentioned King the Conqueror in our last show, I wouldn't have looked him up. Mm-hmm. So when they introduced him, it clicked because I saw the actor, Jonathan Majors, who's on Lovecraft Country, and I remember reading an article that he was cast in another Marvel movie. I want to say the Ant-Man in the Quantum yeah, Realm. I think you're right. So I remember seeing him, his name mentioned somewhere. And then when I saw him in Loki, I was like, okay. But if I was talking to, well, I am talking to you. But if I was talking to someone who <laughs> you are, what? <laughs> If I was talking to someone who was a Marvel fan and I said, he who remains, they'd be like, okay, yeah, like, you don't know what you're talking about. So I felt a little lost in that moment. And I, I will say, and this is the first time I felt this way with, you know, this new slew of Marvel shows is this is the first real show that I felt like existed to create additional movies and television shows. Mm. And how do you feel about it existing for that purpose? You know, I, I'm not sure how much I, I appreciate it. I, I You know, watching uh, WandaVision, it was self-contained. Mm-hmm. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I feel like it's also self-contained. Mm-hmm. Obviously, watching those television shows will most likely help you understand who some of these characters are uh which we're going to talk about black widow mm-hmm. later so watching you know falcon and the winter soldier and seeing julia louis dreyfus i knew who she was in the post credit scene mm-hmm. um of black widow but watching loki i feel like if someone goes and watches the the ant-man movie They might not know what's going on if they didn't watch Loki or going ahead and watching, you know, the multiverse of madness. I I just think that this is the first time where I think a viewer or a casual fan of Marvel will be penalized for not watching the television show. I think that they they I think that you're right in in some ways and that they had this fine line to walk, which I think we've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you walk this line between the casual fans and the diehards? And one thing that's very interesting about this is my take on it is that the casual watcher will not necessarily be unprepared for Kang the Conqueror. I'll tell you why in a second. Okay. But I think they will be less prepared for the multiverse. So what's. What I think this show really did was prepare you for the idea of the multiverse. And now when we get into the next movie, which I'm pretty sure um, Multiverse of Madness is going to be before Ant-Man. Yes. I think that depending on how they handle the introduction to the multiverse, 
it might come across as repetitive for somebody who watched Loki, but nice for somebody who didn't. Or it might come across as confusing for somebody who didn't watch Loki, but normal for somebody who did. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the, I think I think that's the main thing you're being prepared for in Loki. And I mean, there's already, you know, theories all over the place about how whether or not the multiverse is going to be how the Marvel Universe incorporates X-Men, you know, is one of the multiversal little arms there where the X-Men exist. And now they're going to find their way into the sacred timeline, if you will. So, you know, I think that that's what you're really being prepared for here. The reason why I'm less worried about the whole Kang the Conqueror thing is because, one, they never said his name was Kang. And, two, this guy that we specifically dealt with is dead. And what we're going to get in Ant-Man is another variant of him that's much, much, much worse. And we might actually have multiple variants of him that are much, much, much worse. This was probably the best version of Kang that ever existed on any arm of the multiverse. And 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 Sylvie killed him. Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> Love that for us. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know... I don't, yeah, I think that there will be a reintroduction to Kang and that, you know, us watchers of Loki will recognize him immediately, but he'll be a different Kang. So he's going to have to get reintroduced in some way, shape or form and catch up the newbies. But the multiverse thing might throw people for for a loop if they haven't watched Loki. I think that's the one. Does that make sense? No, I get it. And I think when they introduce the character of He Who Remains, I thought to myself, is I don't think this show is ending. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right, because it's very, very strange to introduce a new character in a series finale. So I yeah. guess I was also surprised because this is the first show of these trio of Marvel shows that is going to continue. Yeah, and you know, what's interesting is we're already getting some weird info about that. Like, for example... Uh, Sophia DiMartino, who plays Sylvie, she has not been asked back. So as far as she knows, she is not in season two. Wow. However, we do know that Tara Strong has been asked back. And she already knows she's a big part of season two. Do you know who Tara Strong was in Loki? No. She was the voice of Miss Minutes. Ah. (laughs) So I'm like, so you're telling me that Miss Minutes is a major character in season two, but not Sylvie? What? Very, very strange. Yeah. So I don't really know what they're going to do. I think it was cool that they already had a plan going and they knew enough that there was going to be a season two here to like drop it in the finale. I think that was kind of clever and fun. Um, it was reminiscent of that, you know, Ant-Man will return or Captain America will return thing that they used to do in the movies. So, you know, that was cool. Um, but how this season two is going to shape up and what it's going to look like. And I, I got nothing. I got right, nothing. like when when is it going to air? I nothing. mean, is it going to be in between something did and it, something else? Yeah. Right. Like, and did they have a plan for that to be in between something else? Or Fiji always has a plan, man. Yeah. He is the man with the plan. Um, the so... one thing, and I don't remember if this was true or not, but when we were talking about the multiverse and the introduction of X-Men, I swear I read an article that said that Tommy McGuire and Andrew Garfield were in talks to return as Spider-Man. <laughs> 
So I'm not sure if that ended up being true because there were a lot of articles about that floating around. Like there was going to be this whole spider verse thing right? Uh, with a bunch of spider men, spider people, spider humans. Yeah. My, yes. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but uh, I don't, I don't know if that was true or not. Cause it kind of faded out and I haven't heard anything in a long time about that. So yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just so much going on. I know, like, Jamie Foxx is going to play a villain, but he already played a villain in mm. another. So, I don't know how this is all So, working. is he reprising the role of the same villain or a variant of so. it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, this could, this could potentially be insane. And it is to the point where Feige actually had to have a meeting with everyone who works at Marvel currently right now and, and like, explain the rules of the multiverse to them. Like, they actually had a meeting about the multiverse. Can he, and like, like, do that for us? I know, right? Can we be a fly on the wall and be like, okay, so what can we do and what can we not do? You know, like... Like, that's, I mean, that's cool that that kind of meeting occurred, but, um, yeah, I mean, it could get, it could get really confusing and crazy, as if people don't pick apart this stuff to the extreme as it already is, you know? Oh, I know. There was, um, I was reading an article, I think it was on Entertainment Weekly, that if you flipped uh, Loki's, like, prison jumpsuit that says TVA, if you flipped it around, it says V-A-L, Val, for the Contessa. And they had to say Marvel was like, no, it's it's not related. So people, like, really go around and yeah. pick apart the Easter eggs. It's crazy. I was just looking at one the other day that was like, they ran the ending of WandaVision and the ending of Loki side by side. So that when you got to, like, you know... 56 minutes and 42 seconds of Loki and 56 minutes of 42 seconds of WandaVision, they were like running them concurrently. And there were like things where like he who remains dropped his pen at the same time that Wanda dropped something. And they were like trying to like create some kind of meaning out of this. And I was like, okay, people, yeah, let's uh, let's go get a hobby. Yeah. Let's Let's go take a walk. Let's work let's, on something uh, else. Yeah, um, let's, uh, let's channel that energy into the vacuuming or something. I don't yeah, know, that's but... that's what I mean. Can we work on something else with that same intensity and yeah. and, and, and energy? Because I understand yeah. you think it's important. but Right. I mean, I'm not going to deny anyone their fun, but I also feel like there's a fine line between fun and obsession. And uh, at some point, this could just get... Uh, a bit much. It might get a bit much. Yeah, but... I mean, my my type of... Uh, thing that I do after I watch any Marvel movie or any movie for that matter, or television show is I just go on IMDb and I look up the trivia. And if Buzzfeed has some articles on it, I'll Nora, and- <laughs> my girl, Nora from Buzzfeed, she's always got the best yes. Easter eggs. Nora, she does. Sh- if you're listening, she's not listening, but Nora, <laughs> <laughs> she baby, hi, Nora, hi, we love you, Nora from Buzzfeed, and the million billion Easter eggs that she puts forth. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's about it. That's what I look at. So, yeah. I I mm. have neither the time nor the energy to watch them side by side. No. Hey, I did the whole like. Last summer, I did the whole rewatch all the Marvel movie movies. I did too. Yeah, that was yeah. like a big undertaking for me. I was like, okay, here we go, Captain America, and then Captain Marvel. Here we go in order. All right. And uh, uh, yeah, that was a yeah. pandemic thing I did. Yeah, I remember, you know, instead of to... learning how to make bread, you know, that was my. <laughs> there were those that made sourdough bread. Yeah, that was not me. No, 
I didn't. I was like, why? Well, I can just go to the store and buy bread. Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> they do have bread at the store, not toilet paper at that time, but bread yeah. was pretty okay. That's 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 so true. Don't look for Lysol wipes either. And if you yeah. find them, you get one, one per person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and don't you dare try to hand it to another person because they are watching. So don't pick up two and hand it to someone who you're with. Nope. Yeah. You can't do that. No. <laughs> no benefits to married couples. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, the end of Loki. I mean, I will definitely give it a big thumbs up. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was daring. I thought it was really daring to end that show that way. Um, and just different and surprising, shocking. I, I didn't think they were going to do it. Um, I can understand, though, why somebody else might have found it sort of boring and confusing. So I get that if yeah, you were in that boat. That's me. Boring, kind of confusing, still wondering. OK, now I understand the point of it, which yeah. is to set up all of these others. And, you know, if if Sophie DiMartino is not coming back, I worry about Owen Wilson. And if Owen Wilson doesn't come back. If Mobius, you're, Mobius, not, you're not watching season I'm, two. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll watch it because it's like one of those things at this point, I'll complain about it. But I have put so many hours into these different phases that I'm too deep. Yeah, I know, right? We're all so, too deep. It's, I'm like, I'm too deep to walk away. Mm-hmm. So I'll watch it begrudgingly because right. I want to be able to understand it. Duly and, noted. And I have like that fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I won't be happy about it. So. FOMO. Yeah. FOMO for the win. That's right. All right. Well, um, so we've got uh, the end of Loki. I've got a, a tiny little three, and then we'll get to our probably our bigger one. Um, but as a little three, I have to talk about my favorite garbage TV show. And I say that in the most loving way possible. <laughs> but it's called Winona Earp. And, it, I mean, this is just garbage TV at its absolute finest. Um, it's basically the best way to describe it is um, Supernatural with, with women. You know, if you've ever watched Supernatural and you thought, what would happen if we replaced Sam and Dean with two of the hottest women on the planet uh, and then they were shooting guns and it had a Western theme? And there you go. That's what it is right there. And also, how has someone not watched Supernatural? It's oh, yeah. been on for decades now. And if you didn't watch it on the CW or WB or whatever it became, it was in heavy rotation on TNT. And it's on Netflix. Yeah. I remember going to pick up lunch when I was at work, when you used to go to work and go right. and pick up days. lunch. Yeah. And there was a sushi place and I went to go pick up sushi and Supernatural was playing <laughs> There, because it was on TNT for the, you know, it knew. syndication. Yeah, it was in syndication. I was like, well, it's mm-hmm. weird that they have that on, but okay. Sure, why not? Yeah. Well, if you ever feel like you're missing out on the supernatural vibe, I would recommend Winona Earp. You really don't even have to pay attention. Like, you could watch this show while cooking or something. Don't you know? tell me that. You know I love that. You know I know. I love this when is... I can half pay attention to things and still understand it fully. Yep, this is a big this is a big draw for this show. Also, um, the guy who plays Doc Holliday, super hot. Not Ooh. not a fan of his mustache, but if you like that whole cowboy vibe, if if you're into that at all, he's he's he is really good looking. Um, but yeah, this is just a really good looking cast. I mean, I think that was their big draw. 
also very LGBTQ inclusive. Okay. Um, not the kind of show who would have like gay people on just to kill them off or something like that, or you know, that actual relationships um that are persistent and healthy and cute. Um, and more than one. Uh and just just a cute show, real easy to watch. And the reason why I'm bringing it up, we've come a long way to get around to it, is that it's only four seasons long. And the fourth season um, was being withheld from Netflix, but it will be on Netflix um, next, next week. week. I was going to say, yeah. like, I remember seeing it. It's July 26th. Yeah, it's like it's close to the end of July. And I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I, I haven't watched it, but I bet it's like not you know, authentic to cowboy times where everyone was super dirty. No, um, no, because it's modern times. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and how is Doc Holiday in modern times, you ask? Well, you know, the reasons. Yeah, it's like watch it and find out. It's it's one of the same reasons why anybody would do anything in Supernatural. You know, it's just because that's all right. right. Just because the reasons, because Don't all ask me. the reasons. Yeah. Don't ask me. And if it contradicts something, just just stop. OK, the, the reasons. And when you were saying, like, if you're into cowboys, I'm yes. going to tell you the one guy who pulls off the cowboy vibe. And you also watch The oh, Good Place. Oh, can I? Oh, I was going to say, can I guess? Can I guess? You can, you can guess. Yes. Is it Oliphant? Tim, yes. Tim- yes. Because <laughs> remember the judge on The Good yeah. Place was obsessed with Justified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he showed up. He can pull it off so well. Did you watch Deadwood? I did watch Deadwood for mm-hmm. him. I have right. like, I even watched that Santa Clarita diet where Drew Barrymore was a zombie. And oh, he, right. it was horrible. But he is just so great. He is so handsome. He's getting better with age. And he was on The Mandalorian. Yeah, I know. One of those cool cameos, right? Yeah, he's just like, whew, watch Justified. There's something about him wearing cowboy boots and a cowboy hat with a pair of jeans. I hate to say this, Elin, but I think Doc Holliday might give him a run for his money. Okay, all right. I think, the, I think you might be into this. <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown. Ah, uh, yes, I think so. I no, think I, will, I will catch it. I will wait till all four seasons are on because you know me, the minute I start something, I'm yeah, just want to binge it. And it's such it. fabulous garbage. It's just fabulous garbage. Everybody who needs a garbage show right now, this is the one you should watch. <laughs> There's something for everyone. There's someone hot for all tastes. <laughs> so, yeah. We're ready it's a good for show. It. We're ready. All right. So, um, last but not least, uh, Emmy nominations. So, Ooh. yeah, this is a biggie. Um, so, looking at these Emmy noms... Nom nom noms. Nom. Um, what's standing out to you, good, bad, overall, or specifically? Well, the first thing that I noticed when these were announced is you would think that network television doesn't exist. Seriously, uh, like you scroll through and I see this is us. Yes, this is us. And let me tell you about This Is Us. I did watch This Is Us, like, mm-hmm. the first three seasons. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel horrible every time I watched it. Because, because it's, like, it's watching everyday life of a family. And watching the everyday life of anyone is heartbreaking. And mm-hmm. there's always health issues. 
and there's people who are fighting and like babies are being born. Oh but God, no. No, I don't. <laughs> ah, but like they're, I forget. And people who watch this as us are going to be like, come on. You know, the, the uh, baby's born and he's either, he's born with a disability. Oh. And it's like, come on. Can yeah. we just have like a show where people are happy? So when it came back during COVID, which is this, what it's nominated for that season, I was like, you know what? The world's on fire. I don't need to watch stories about people being sad. And they incorporated, I guess, a lot of what was going on in the country, pandemic included, but as well as the the racial unrest that existed. So, I mean, I use television as an escape and maybe I'll watch This Is Us because it's one of those shows that I guess is going to be done next season. So when it's all done, maybe I'll go back and watch it. But right now, no. Um, Yeah. This is definitely not a Jamie show. You, no, you would not like it. And I remember yeah. I made my friend Sharon watch it because I was super into it. And she's like, oh, then this is the saddest thing I've ever watched. And I was like, I know, but I didn't want to miss it because if I miss it, then there's going to be all kinds of spoilers on the Internet. So like, we were on vacation having a good time. And oh. I, brought, I brought it down. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, no. but, you know, I was looking at it. So I guess the big thing that I noticed is like HBO Max had like 130 nominations and Netflix had 129. (laughs) Like, it's just like, okay. And even Disney, okay. So I'm looking at a variety article. So Disney, this was only its second year being eligible. It had 71 nominations. Okay, can we just talk, say for a second here that the stuff that they nominated from Disney, as much as I love this stuff from Disney, like I'm all down with WandaVision being nominated for Emmys. I think that's super cool. But some of these nominations seem like the Emmys are trying too hard to be the cool kid and nominating stuff because they know that their viewership is down. And Mm. I feel like somebody at a table somewhere was like, just nominate the Mandalorian, then we'll get more viewers. You know, like, did that happen? Or does the Mandalorian really need to be nominated for best drama series? Like, don't get me wrong. I am all about the Mandalorian. I have a Baby Yoda mask. But, I have so many Baby Yoda things. Right, but but best drama series, the Mandalorian. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Is that right? I mean, I'm. Th- that's a thing that Jamie would watch. The stuff that Jamie watches doesn't end up on this list. Should it be there, or is it something that they added to try and be cool and get viewership. That's the question. I don't know. See, and time will tell because last year was so weird with the pandemic that a lot of things weren't eligible because they started late or they didn't um, fit in in the time frame. So So you think that some of these nominations are because they just didn't have anything else to nominate? We're going to see next year. Okay. That's what so, I'm saying. So, like, we're going to see if this is part of a pattern. I see. Or if this was, we need to fill some some nominations. Because we talked about this. The boys on Amazon. Well, right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Great I show. I love the boys. Right. I think that Homelander is the most horrifying fictional character ever conceived in the history of mankind. That's the kind of character that will give me nightmares. That show is awesome, but 
best drama series next to The Crown and Bridgerton and This Is Us? I'm like, hmm, I don't know. And, you know, the thing about The Boys, for anyone who has watched it, um, I guess the tamest episode I can talk about is when the whale exploded. Oh, my <laughs> like, Yeah. But there are some things that, you know, I would like to see these Emmy viewers watching certain shows, certain well, episodes how do they of the find, How do they find clips that they submit? To I know. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that, um, what's his name? Carl Urban. I'm pretty sure that he sets a record for C-word use in that oh, show. Like, yeah. it's got to be a record. So, I mean... Like, I can just imagine the people at Amazon Prime Video being like, all right, people, we've got to find a 30-second clip to submit to the Emmys. And there can't be any exploding whales, masturbation, nudity, yeah. C-words. And they're all throwing their hands up going, And, the, and they're like, drug, drug use, no drug yeah. use. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, so it was, I mean, there were certain surprises. I will say it's the one of the first times where I'm like, oh, I've watched most of these shows. Um, so I was happy that, you know, Cobra Kai got nominated. That's, uh, like the little engine that could, mm-hmm. um, it's so good, but I don't know if it's like Emmy good, like what you were saying. Right. These are more in, in my opinion, like guilty pleasures. Well yeah. done, guilty pleasures. Sure. Now, if, if there was a, a history of this well done, guilty pleasures making their way onto the Emmy noms or the Oscar noms and stuff, then I'd feel like, oh, okay. But part of me is like, I think I agree with you, Olin. If, if this happens next year and the year after that and the year after that, then maybe I'll start to get used to it. But if next year we're back to Anthony Hopkins in whatever, then I'm going to feel like this was a... Uh, a viewer grab or an experimental year to see if this changed the numbers. Do you know what I mean? Like, Hey, let's nominate all these things and then let's analyze the viewership and see if it helps us. Like it. Right. Cause I mean, I was, I was disappointed and this is no, um, you know, no negativity towards WandaVision, but I was surprised that there were no acting noms for Falcon and winter soldier besides the Don Cheadle two second, uh cameo. cameo that he made yeah, that he even got nominated he, for. Somebody asked him about that and he was like, I don't get it. I don't I don't understand why I got nominated for that. Like even he was confused. <laughs> I mean, I thought it did really well. And you didn't even get a nomination for I'm gonna mess up his last name. Daniel Brule? Is that how it's oh, he played yeah. Zemo? Zemo, yeah. So I mean I guess I was just a little a little surprised that there was nothing uh nominated for them was WandaVision did was there a time frame thing like did no no because that's a it's it's so funny because my sister asked me the same question and I was like no because Don Cheadle got nominated oh yeah I guess that's true so was WandaVision safer maybe Hmm. but the other thing the other thing I'm going to complain about please do because I like to complain it's all right. Um, enough with Hamilton. I never thought I would say that. <laughs> oh, you know, it's like, okay, we get it. I enjoy it. So I never got to see Hamilton on Broadway. No, I can't even did. afford to see the, you know, the traveling 
version of it because <laughs> the tickets are so expensive. Yeah. Someday what? we'll see it. Maybe like a Broadway San Jose. Something. Yeah, like that's that. what's gonna be have to be like. And I bet we're still gonna pay a lot for the tickets. Mm-hmm. Um I loved watching it on Disney Plus last year. I actually had my little niece who's eight months old. Like she really into music right now. I put on the Hamilton uh thing on Disney Plus while I was watching her. She was rocking out to all the little songs and whatnot. But is this something that we should be nominating for Emmys? Mm, I don't know. It's already won like a bunch of Tonys. Yeah, that feels like it's more in the Tony department. Right. Like it won a bunch of Grammys, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know it was eligible because it came out probably around this time last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't supposed to be out for a while. So it's eligible. We know that Hamilton is good. Do we need it to walk away with all of the Emmys? Um, you know, because it is it really like I know we're playing around with different uh, eligibility and what is this? What is that? Like the boys? Is, is, it, is it a drama? Is Hamilton really a pre-recorded variety special? <laughs> yeah, I some of these categories are That's just what really I mean. weird. Like one of them's called hosted nonfiction series or special. What does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, can't you just say news? Like what? <laughs> hosted yeah, I mean, nonfiction. It's, it's like, so strange. It's, I don't, I don't get it. And for, for the whole drama, anything for a limited series, just give Kate Winslet and Jean Smart their awards for Mayor of Easttown, call it a night. Cause there's mm. nothing that's competing with that. So, but yeah, it was, it was weird. And we're going to talk a little bit more about um, another big surprise from the Emmys later in the show, but we'll save that. We'll save it. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's just weird. It's just weird. Um, I do think that uh, some of these shows really greatly deserve it. And then like you say, some of them are just a little bit wonky so mm-hmm. um i think you're right this is going to be have to be something that we'll revisit in a year if we're still doing this hopefully. Yeah, i mean was there anything that you looked at and was like what i mean i just assumed they were wrong because i had seen so many of them you know <laughs> um i know my husband was really excited and that you were probably really excited that there were so many ted lasso nominations because yeah it's a, it's a show you guys really love i'm um, so glad i'm so glad he watched it yeah, he's I don't think he's done yet, but he's cruising through it. Um, but yeah, I also noticed that there was like nothing from a network television show, which I actually think is fine. I think network TV needs to adapt or die. So maybe this will be, you know, another nail in the coffin that's going to get them going. But um, I just feel like some of this are sort of the viewership equivalent of a cash grab. Mm. You know, I don't think you nominate the boys unless you're trying to bring in a very specific audience and I do wonder, like, what their watch, what their viewership numbers were last year. And was there, you know, a bunch of articles that came out that said, oh, nobody's watching the Emmys anymore. They got to do something, you know, like. I don't, I don't think anyone watches award shows. Anymore. I mean, that's the other question, too, is like, I've seen almost everything on this list. I probably still won't watch the Emmys. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, I, and that's the same thing with me. Like, I. Last year was the year of Schitt's Creek. It's last year. Mm -hmm. And they won every single Emmy. I didn't watch the show. I just saw the list afterwards. And if there was a acceptance speech that I was interested in, I would go and watch it. And that was it. Mm -hmm. 
So I don't think even making it cool or doing skits and I'm not sure how they're going to do it again this year. Cause it's mm-hmm. September 19th. It's a Sunday. It's going to be, I think on NBC, but who knows what it's going to look like. Cause right. during the pandemic last, last year, no one could attend in person. Right. right so right. I, with everything, I mean, going LA on, is a nightmare right now. They've, right. they've reinstituted mask mandates down there. So, you know, Poor LA. <laughs> I know. I was so it's like, and that's two months away. Like two months ago, I thought we would be done with the pandemic. Yeah, I know. Or right. getting closer to being done as people oh, got that vaccinated. False hope. Yeah, that false hope. It's so it's like who knows what's gonna happen in two months. We might have zombie tigers running around. Just get ready oh, for it. Please do not bring up the Zack Snyder. Please. <laughs> that's the only thing I could think of. I'm like, oh. everything's gonna break loose. Yeah. Well. I don't know. Maybe zombie tigers would be a welcome change at this point. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Well, Emmy noms, that's the end of our little three. You ready to move on to the big three? Let's do it. Okay. We have a sort of very special episode today. We have three movies. Um, and two of them are from Netflix, but very different genres. Um, so we're going to start with uh, Gunpowder Milkshake. And um, if you don't mind, I'd like to start because this movie for me – uh, it reminded me of literally every other movie in existence, mm-hmm. um, at various assorted times. And it, it, I hated the first like 20, 25 minutes of it. I was typing to you and I was like, this is awful. What's happening? I, was, I can't I get was, into this. This is I awful. Was con- I was concerned. Um, I, I was, almost didn't make it. <laughs> because as a background, Jamie and I were debating whether to do Gunpowder Milkshake or The Tomorrow War. Mm-hmm. And I watched The Tomorrow War, and um, I believe there is a article, and it kind of summarizes what I think of it. It's on the rap.com, but it's, it says The Tomorrow War panned as garbage pizza and Starship Troopers for dummies. You know, so, Starship Troopers wasn't exactly uh, uh, Shakespeare when that came out either. So. Yeah. so I'm just saying that I watched The Tomorrow War. I said to Jamie, this is horrible. It's two and a half hours. Watch it if you want. Yeah, it was a long movie. So when Gunpowder Milkshake came out, I said, hey, I'll watch this. And I'll tell you which one I think that you should watch and we can discuss. So I was very concerned when I was getting text messages that (laughs) you did not like Gunpowder Milkshake. No, I was having a really hard time. And I think, I, I hate to say it, but I think it was Karen Gillan. She was so deadpan mm. in this movie. And I granted she's supposed to be the like female equivalent of the like male, you know, sort of bad A. I'll yeah. be nice. Yeah. You know, like she was supposed to have that kind of attitude. And as it went on, it was fine. You know, I I I I rolled around and come and you know, I was fine with it. But Man, those first like 20, 25 minutes, I was just like, oh, my God, this is this is painful. So it does get better. Um, And the action sequences are actually pretty. They're pretty decent in here, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite was the um, the little girl having to drive the car because she couldn't move her arms. um, And and she was like paralyzed from. Like the, her her chest area and her arms had been paralyzed and she could move her legs, but she couldn't move her arms, which is so weird. Like, why would that yeah. even happen? And see, but, I liked my favorite was before 
when she was fighting three guys. In the bowling alley? Yeah. In the, yeah. In the bowling alley. And then. That was a very Umbrella Academy fight to me, that bowling alley fight. It came I across. As that. A, yeah. That's what it reminded me of. So you like the bowling alley. I like the car driving scene. I thought that was cute. Um, I know a lot of people that I, I read about online really liked the library battle at the mm-hmm. end. Um, which I totally get. I wish that they had utilized the finding stuff in books more because that was cool when like she would open a book and there'd be like a grenade in it or she'd open another book and there's like a solid gold bar and she's like, oh, okay. And she starts hitting somebody with it. You know, I wish they had done more of that. Um, But I thought that was a good scene too, especially since you had what I would call an unreasonably stacked cast for this movie. Yes, like yes. this, w- what, where did they get these people? Like everyone was in this movie. It was crazy. And I mean, if we're talking the, the, you know, the weakest link was Karen Gillan. I would agree with you. Because I mean, you have Carla Gugino, Michelle Yeoh, Angela Bassett, which I was cracking up at Angela Bassett not being able to swear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like. These fudging jerks. <laughs> right. And it's like the, her delivery was exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, if if those I, and this is my opinion, if those three ladies and Lena Headley, who plays her mom, mm-hmm. which it's statistically it's mathematically impossible for Lena Headley to be Karen Gillan's mom. Oh, that's funny. I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> I, I read an article that there's really like 13 years between them. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm giving a lot of leeway. Like, yes, technically, whatever, like, you know, developmentally. But no. No, no, absolutely not. From a societal perspective. Yes. And also Paul Giamatti was even yeah. good in this. And, 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 and in it for lead. like five minutes, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I don't like him very much, uh, <laughs> but I mm-hmm. guess it's that's what makes him a good actor. But I was like, oh, OK. And even the little kid. And it oh, wasn't was that great. bad. Yeah, she was fine. She was fine. She's not as good as those little kids I'm watching right now in Bly Manor, but she was totally fine. Oh, yeah. Uh, those kids are creepy. Anyway. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the cast in this was unbelievable. Um, my, you know, my main problem, like you say, is like, I think that that Karen Gillan was just, I don't know if this was a trying too hard kind of thing. And I certainly don't want to be that person who's like, she needs to smile more. Like, that's not what we're talking right, about here right. at all. It was just. When it was she, wooden. It, it was, was wooden. very wooden. Yeah. And then when, when the movie revolved around just her, that's what made it the hardest to watch. Once you got a lot of these co-stars in and there was a little bit more variety, um, everything got easier to watch. Uh, and, and it was, it was sort it was just like silly action, fun silliness, basically. Right. And uh, I don't think like she got that. I don't like, it's, a, you're watching a movie that doesn't exist in any place. It, you know, it's not like in Cleveland or it's like. Most of the movie looked like a stage. Exactly. Like it, it the, the set pieces, like the literal, like I would have, I would not have been surprised if somebody had walked by a boom mic at one point. Like that's how staged this movie looked. Right. It, and it like exists in this neon metropolis. Yes. It, Which, you know, 
which was on purpose because the directors of this movie had this like grand symbolic Shakespearean idea to make every color in the movie symbolic. So that's why it was all neon. So like when the movie was blue, it meant this. And when it was orange, it symbolized change. I'm not making that up. Yeah, it was like, oh boy, oh boy. Yes. And in yellow in the movie represents death, which is why the yellow bag that said I heart kittens was yellow because it's it had guns in it and symbolized death. I'm this I'm not making yeah, any No, of this I up. mean that's that's trying way too hard. Yes, I mean it really is. You don't need to do that for this kind of a movie. No, it it was it was in my opinion it was fun cuz the the violence it was like just over the top and the humor was very dark and I liked the the slow motion fight that uh happens towards the end of the movie that mm-hmm. sort of pans across everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh the tracking yeah. shot one, right? That yes, one. Yeah, yes. that was good. But it's yeah. like don't they take yourself don't take yourself too seriously, okay? Um, apparently there was supposed to be a kitten in the end of the movie as well to call back to that I Heart Kittens bag. Like oh. when they were all in the car together, they were supposed to have a kitten with them. But apparently they couldn't get a kitten for the shoot or something happened and there How was no How can you kitten. not find a kitten? I have no idea, but there was supposed to be a kitten because there was like, according to the directors, you know how like in the library, the secret door in the wall, there was a giant mural there of lions? Yes. And um, apparently that was supposed to represent the the three librarians. And then one of the lions had a baby cub lion and that was supposed to be Sam. And like it was all of this stuff that they threw in that movie that you were supposed to like figure out and see and literally I didn't notice any of it until I started reading articles for our podcast and then when I started reading it I was like wow why why would you go to all this trouble there was no need to do that <laughs> just like have you, her smash things with the bowling ball you feel bad because like there are people ta- like we talked about picking apart Marvel yeah movies and television shows and this guy created things for us to pick apart and no one cares. It's like, yep. no, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is my fault for not caring enough. But really, I just thought I was getting into like female John Wick slash Die Hard. And that right. was how I was treating it in my mind. Is, I was like, oh, female Die Hard. Let's go. That's what, that's what I, it was just like, oh, this looks like someone who watched like 20 minutes of a Quentin Tarantino movie and was like, I mean, I can do this. And and they did. And they did it. I mean, it's I enjoyed it. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. I mean, you know, I would because say it's on Netflix and so yeah. it's easily mm-hmm. accessible to most people. I'm like, yeah, give it a watch. Like, yeah, there is nothing new in the movie. No. There is nothing that is groundbreaking or nope. earth shattering. Nope. It's, it's all just the famous. Yeah, it's just a fun movie of everything you've ever seen before. Yep, especially you, John Wick. Yeah, and you get to see Michelle Yeoh, who I read is in her late 50s. You get to see her just mow down a bunch of guys, and you get to see <laughs> Angela Bassett use hammers in creative ways. So mm-hmm. it's just take it for what it is. Yeah. Um, and like I was telling Jamie, they are already developing a sequel for it. So, Which is fine. Yeah, it's going to be on Netflix. 
So I'll watch another one. Whatever. It was fine. Yeah. I will say that if you find that you're watching it and you're like, I don't like this, you know, do try to stick it out until the um, paralysis of the arms scene, yes. at least, because I, I had the same issue of I was watching the beginning and I was just like this. I, I don't know if I can get through this. This is really this is really rough. Um, and then it does get better. Um, once you get into the more of the actiony stuff, it starts to really improve. So, you know, if you're watching it and you find that you're like, oof, just keep going, just stick it and, out. And prior to watching it, go get something to make a milkshake with because you're really going to want a milkshake. Dude, I got so mad when they had the scene of them like, quote unquote, drinking the milkshake. And it was pretty obvious that they weren't drinking it. And like right. in my brain, I'm screaming, give me the milkshake. I'll drink it. Just I know. It it's like it looks so good. It was like uh-huh. perfect milkshakes. Oh, I was it. just I'm like and I was thinking, when's the last time I've had a milkshake? So these are mm. all, these are this is what happens when I watch movies. Yep. But yep, don't make yep. the mistake I did. Make sure you have things. Even make yourself a root beer float. It's fun. Something, something. I had a protein shake. It wasn't the same. Aww. Yeah. You tried. Yeah. You tried. I did. I tried. Yeah. I put chia seeds in it. Okay. You're getting, you know, this is what we do now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Adulting. It's, it sucks. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Shall we move on to horror and gore? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> All right. Horror and gore. So, um, let's, let's preface this a little bit, a little bit, because this is kind of an interesting set up um so you said i believe quote uh, correct me if i'm wrong but you said that the fear street novels were in the late 80s early 90s like 89 yes yeah okay so this is set fear street is is a based on a a trilogy of novels by rl stein this was his adult series like some of you guys might remember the goosebumpsy was it goosebumps it was goosebumps yeah and you don't say that like you know don't say it was the adult because goosebumps was scary okay i'm gonna put it out there yeah you're not wrong some of those were yes some were like cheesy and it's like okay but other ones it's like can't sleep i'm not gonna sleep tonight I still remember some of those covers, what they looked like. Yeah. I, I The other thing that scared me, um, there was also a movie I haven't watched it, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh-huh. That cover uh-huh. for those books. Yep, I remember that too. Scare, scare me. Um, Didn't we get that book at the Scholastic Book Fair? Oh, yes. Oh, man. Kids and, these days. They're missing then, and speaking, I'm going to throw it back even even further because I was talking to someone and they're trying to get their children, their young children to do summer reading. And I said, when I was a kid, we would get a personal pan pizza. Nope. pizza. <laughs> I, I knew exactly what you were going to say. Right. I knew exactly what you were going to say, because that is exactly how I got all my crazy Pizza Hut merch because they used to do like glasses and various <sighs> things. And like. I had all of the puppets from a land before time. I remember those. Oh, right? Yeah, because I, I used to go to Pizza Hut from the book club thing, mm-hmm. and they would have the little toys that came with the meal, and I would get all of the little glasses, uh, cups, glasses, and the little hand puppets and stuff. Man, I wish I still had that stuff, because I bet you it's worth some money on eBay. Oh, yeah. Someone would, yeah. Someone's going to take it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break your heart, because you know what Uh-oh. Pizza Hut is now? gross no it's gone it's a <laughs> oh, uh, it's it? like it's like a minute clinic 
now. It's one of those. Oh, you mean the one we used to go to? The one we used to go to. Yeah. It's now a minute clinic, but it still looks exi- like they didn't do anything to the building. Oh, they still have the roof? Yeah, so it looks like a pizza, but the color, <laughs> they just painted it. <laughs> oh, it's fine. I haven't uh, been there in decades. Yeah, because it's not good pizza. No, <laughs> as you not. get older, you realize it's not good pizza. I also think that it's not as good as it used to be. No, but, that's, that's true. But that's like most things in life. That's, yeah, I can see All that. right. Anyway, we were talking about a movie. Right. Um, so <laughs> Back to Fear Street. Um, but yeah, this is a three-parter. And what's real interesting about this is the first part is set in 1994. The second part is, what, 77? And then part yes. three is 1666. So not 1966, but Salem Witch Trials, 1600s, 1666. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it actually goes backwards to come forward. Um, and I think that's an interesting setup for a trilogy is to do that. And I know that it does circle back around to the 94 characters, but um, but I like that that style. Uh, Alin, what did you think of the 94? We're just going to do part one, right? What'd you think right, we're that? just going to do part one. I have watched all three parts um, because Netflix, you know, not only, like Jamie said, is going backwards, it also released one movie a week. Which is so cool. Like, right. yeah, why not? like why 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 are we making you wait yeah so i i mean i liked that then like the 94 obviously there was a lot of callbacks to various movies from the 90s the the opening scene was obviously an homage to scream um yeah when we watched it somebody actually said that quite specifically too yeah it's um and that that's uh uma thurman's daughter yes that's hilarious so it's like, yeah, I mean, it had that nostalgia for me where it's like, I remember the mall like that. And mm-hmm. everyone would work. I didn't work at the mall, but I thought people no. who worked at the mall were cooler than yeah. me working at, you know, we worked at a clothing store. Yeah, that then, doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that doesn't exist. And we worked at a pharmaceutical chain that still exists. But we're not uh, going to say their names because they haven't sent us any free stuff. Yeah, exactly. And you want all, me to say your name? Unless you're Game Pass, you need to send me some free stuff. Also, means, I would like free stuff from Game Pass. That would be nice. It would be very nice. Um, But yeah, you're right. It has some nice musical callbacks. The, um, the soundtracks, I will say this for all of them. Well, with the exception of 1666. <laughs> Yeah, because we know those songs quite well. Yeah, you know? they're, you know, we've got some jams. but Hit the, after hit. The music for both the 94 and the one in the 70s were really great music. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of, lots of variety. Oh, yeah. Like, not, not the traditional songs that I think you would think you would hear. Like, they kind of pulled some... They kind of pulled some edgy ones out of their pocket. And we're like, oh, this song. <laughs> right, because the 90s were all over the place. Like 90s yeah, they music, were. so many things. And you didn't mm-hmm. just listen to one thing. No. So that's a good point. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, think of it. Like all of the different, like the the hard rock, the pop. There were so many, like R&B, the boy bands. There's so much going on in the 90s. That's yeah, why so like, most of us cannot pay attention as adults because we're so used to being like, huh, what? 
What's that? That was that was an excellent cop out of everything. I thank like that. you, thank you. It's like what oh, new what new videos premiering? What no, is that's that? Funny. Um, so, so what is this movie about? So it's about teenagers who are over sexualized um, because mm-hmm. that's a staple of horror movies. Correct. Um, although we did look it up and they were all like 28. So if that makes you feel better, um, <laughs> none of them was technically they, a teenager. Looked, you know, they they looked. I will say this, and maybe children who are teenagers now will look back and be like, no, they looked older. I thought they looked like teenagers. <laughs> I would say all of them look like teenagers to me, except for the main girl. Yeah. Um. Gosh, that. I can't remember her name now. Um. That wasn't Sam. That was her girlfriend. But yeah, her girlfriend was Sam. Um. Uh, it, it, it is. I know it is kind Dina. of Dina. Dina. She looked older to me. Um. Uh, and there were times when she kind of squinted in a certain way that I could see the lines next to her eyes. And I was like, there is no way you're like 18, 19. And so we ended up looking her up and she was like 29. And I was like, OK, that, yeah, makes, like, sense. that makes yeah, that makes me feel better. It's like us yeah. with Beverly Hills. And I know two and oh, we thought right. those people looked like our age and now looking back on it, it's like yeah those people are in their 30s playing 18 year olds but anyway I mean it does have it has all of the sort of staples that make up a horror film yep you've got the um gory deaths Mm -hmm. you've got the guessing which characters will make it and which characters won't you have the unnecessary I'm about to die, so I better sleep with someone scene. Yeah, that you was have, like I was like, what? Like for me, it's like I forgot it was on Netflix at that point. I was like, oh, there's a lot of activity going on here. And I was yes, like extracurricular. Activity. Yes. So, um, yeah, you had that. You had the um, ghostly supernatural elements that the cops think you're crazy. You have right. the. Uh, you have the, this ghost must have been wronged. So if we do said task, we will make it right again. Thing. Right. Ending, ending the curse that right. they believe is causing all of this. Yeah. It checks all the boxes. Is it the world's greatest movie? No. And do I wish that they kind of did this in October? Like released one every Oh, that would have been better. Yeah. See, I think that this would, I think that would have been so much better. Like, I think we would have been more in the mood and we would have been like, yeah, it's going to be Fear Street week for three weeks in a row. Cool. Let's do it. Halloween. Right. I think that would have been cool, but I don't know why this feels like weird timing for me, but the movie itself, there's nothing wrong with it. I think it was fine. I liked it. I, I did, too. And I mean, you know, you have they really and, and this is just how I felt. <laughs> there were there wasn't a lot of death in it. And then there was like right. all of a sudden <laughs> they were like, we have 15 minutes left in this movie and there are still too many people alive. Yeah. You knew it was coming, though, too. Like as a watcher, you were like, well, let's see who makes it. <laughs> and you, you 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 knew <laughs> you knew it was coming. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, there were some very uh, creative deaths. There are some questions that when you're watching it, you're like, why would they put blood on their skin? Why wouldn't they put it on like a sweater that they can take off? Right. Yeah. There was some weird stuff that was definitely not well thought through or like a sweater covered in blood on a stick that they could just wave about and drop. Right. And, (laughs) you know, I was kind of hoping and I'm not ruining anything. There were some really cool quote unquote villains in it. And I wanted more of their backstories and we don't really get yeah. all well, of them. Let me them. ask you this. Do you get more of it in the like part three in that? Do you, do you get in 
you get one okay in part and part two okay i'm assuming it's the dude with the mask on his head yeah so you yeah. get that and i will say that i liked part two better than part one well you said it was because you like that 70s vibe i do i like 70s slasher films yeah that, that take place in a camp <laughs> See, I kind of feel like I would like the 1600 one the best. So I got to keep going so I can get to that one. And I mean, you'll keep going because they're all fine. They're all fine movies. They're enjoyable to watch. You know, like we said, these are these are not something that are going to be winning awards or maybe they will. I don't know what the Oscar is going to look like. (laughs) (laughs) But. They, they're really enjoyable to watch. If you just want yeah. to sit down and, you know, after a long day and watch something that's entertaining, you're going to get it from all three of the Fear Street movies. Or maybe just hold on to them until October. And then, you know, when it gets to be spooky time, you know, you've got these three movies that you know are decent. And you can just watch them all, you know. Right. Because standards, my horror, my horror standards drop in October because it's just like. I would agree. Yeah. In October, it's sort of like shocking to come across a movie that's really good because you just expect to watch horror trash the whole yeah, month you wanna, and you're fine you with it. You want to watch. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to watch all of these horrible movies. But yeah, that's I fine. mean, they, they, it's really fine. Um, you know, it was fun, very nostalgic for us uh, kids who grew up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I'll give it a thumbs up. I mean, I would agree. Totally serviceable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Nice. Okay. So two down, one to go. Uh, the big ready one. For the big one. Yeah. Um. So Black Widow. Okay. So I know we talked already talked a little bit about how we um both got this on Disney Plus and we talked about the money it made and all this. So I think we can kind of skip right to the the spoilers, quote unquote. Um. Again, if you haven't seen it, you're probably gonna want to see it because one of the main things that I really want to talk about is the end credit scene because yes. I will tell you right now. It ticked me off so much. That was my least favorite part of the whole movie. Um, now, and, which, we'll, we'll, and we'll talk about the chronology. <laughs> oh, God. Can we start there? Because this this also bugged me. Now, this is not the movie's fault. This is COVID's fault. Mm-hmm. But um, this movie is set before Infinity War, mm-hmm. but after Civil War. Right. Am I getting Which, that right? Uh, it is right. But I'm not even blaming COVID. I'm blaming Marvel yeah. on this one. You know what? It's fine. Let's do that. I I'm going to bla- I'm going to blame them because this movie should have come out five years ago. I would agree. This movie is let, let me just start off by saying I enjoyed this movie a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I love this. I thought it was great. It was fun. As- it's a good movie. I've got a I've got some things I want to complain about. Yeah. But I overall want to say that's my, say that's that my first complaint. Good. Yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah. This movie is not is not a showstopper in the way mm-hmm. that like Infinity War and Endgame are and it would have it would have sit in the timeline very nicely if it had actually been released after Civil War and before Infinity War like if they had actually released it in the right. time it was set then it would have been perfect nothing wrong but like me having to put my mind backwards right at the beginning it's like right. wait what I'm like, oh God. Whenever Her William Hurt is was always like, a, yeah, they're like, yeah. we have we have the guy who's the ant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait a I'm second. I'm like, Shield still exists. Great. When does Shield exist? Okay, we gotta go back this far. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I mean, it 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 sits in this this very 
it, it, it sits there and you know that the snap hasn't happened yet. Right. Once you get your 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 stu- yourself acclimated, but that a lot of the Avengers are on the run or in prison in the raft. Correct. So like that their their explanation for why she's alone is she's basically on the run from Shield and everybody else is too or has been caught. That being said, I needed an Avenger to show up at the end of this movie for that grave scene. Mm-hmm. I needed the Contessa or whatever, I needed her to not be there. That made me so mad that that wasn't more respectful of Natasha's sort of legacy of shooting these movies for like 10 years, that it wasn't people mourning her. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. That they used it to plug this villain who I find kind of hokey. And, and, you know, that villain who we already knew because technically this movie was supposed to come out last year. So we saw her in Falcon and the Winter Soldier and we knew who she was. It was the first time I understood a post credit scene. Yes. (laughs) Normally I'm like, wait, what does that mean? Who is that person? I just needed her to have one tenth of the send off that Tony Stark did. And they just took it. They just took it away. And that's my biggest complaint is that they screwed up the ending of that movie and it needed to be respectful. Does that make sense? I, I, no, it does. I was hoping that we were going to hear her whistle back, Black Widow whistle back, and that, and then the screen would have gone to black. Y- yes, something, right? Or like she's not really have- dead. Or that it would have panned and her mother's grave would have been right next to hers. That's what I thought it was going to. Something. Or that it would have panned and it was like um, somebody was kneeling, right? I would have expected maybe maybe Hawkeye or Captain America or somebody was kneeling at the grave and bringing flowers. Even if you didn't know who it was, like a shadow of someone, but you knew it was an Avenger. Like, I just needed her to have a mini funeral. Because, like, let's face it, Tony Stark had the funeral of the century. Right. And Black Widow got nothing. And then at the time, there was this 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 stuff where it was like, oh, no, she's going to get her own movie, blah, 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 you know, this whole thing. And that'll be the send off. And I don't think her having her own movie takes the place of having a funeral, because let's face it, Iron Man and all of them had tons of their own movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's giving, true. And I'm trying to think one doesn't take the place of that. I'm really trying to think, and maybe this is a, a question better for your husband. Is this the first Marvel standalone origin film where no other Avenger appears? Well, I mean, a lot of the original ones, no other Avenger appears. Like, because I know, know I didn't watch The Incredible Hulk. I didn't no, watch but that, I mean, but like I the know first, the first Tony Thor Stark. movie is just. Thor and Loki, like that's, okay. they don't really, you know what I mean? The first Captain America is just Captain America and Sam, but that's like their, I don't know, like, does it count that it's Captain America and Sam in that movie? Cause they're like basically grew up together. I don't, a lot, yeah. I think a lot of them kind of have a, I think that Captain America and Sam are equivalent to Black Widow and Yelena. I think that that's an equivalency. We need more Yelena in our oh, life. God. I love her. She she took the movie from Natasha. I hate oh, to say. I know. It's like you feel horrible because this movie is so overdue. Yeah. And Scarlett Johansson deserves not to. I mean, she has been there since the beginning. 
They didn't know what to do with her. It's almost cringy to go back and watch Iron Man 2 and how oh, they introduced her. Oh, and to, many, many and reasons. to watch how they treated her. Like, so to like have an object. Her, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, look at her. She's so pretty. It's like, isn't that the movie that has the can I have one line where Tony is like looking at her and he's like, can I have one? Yes. Oh, yes. God. I mean, yeah. it's there's so many wrong things with the yeah. treatment of Black Widow. And, you know, really excited to see Scarlett Johansson in this role, finally get her own movie. And then out of nowhere, Florence Pugh swoops in. Takes the whole movie yeah. and just wins over everyone. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, in some way it's, I would have been 100% okay with it if this movie ended up being more of an introduction to Yelena than a send off for Natasha. If you had that funeral scene, that beautiful little goodbye moment where we could all walk out of the theater or the living room crying and being like, you know, that was beautiful. That was a lovely send off to her. And now Yelena's time has come. You know what I mean? And we I all would have felt good, except they had to screw up that end credit scene by making it about the Contessa. And she was just like hokey and pretend crying and blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, it was just it made me physically hurt. That's like my biggest complaint about the movie is I just really needed that send off. I needed it, Alin. <laughs> and I just couldn't have it. They wouldn't let me have it. Well, you know, there's there's a bunch of things about, you know, I said I was going to, I, like you said, I did enjoy it. It was good. Like the importance of certain things went past me in oh, retrospect. Yeah. Like, you know, when mm-hmm. they we were talking about Hawkeye and Black Widow and Budapest, I'm like, all right. Like, I didn't, <laughs> like, but now we understand what Budapest is. Yeah. I didn't notice the vest. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, you know what? And, I didn't notice the vest either, to be honest and, with you. You know, in Endgame, so it's like all of these things are very important and interconnect, but they didn't make it seem important Yeah, at the time. And I think, I know I mentioned this to you, but the uh, this movie had some very mature themes to it, which... Generally speaking, I am very okay with. I don't have any issue with that. I don't have any issue with the the hysterectomy jokes or anything like that. I, you know, like, I, I did laugh. Yeah, I laughed too. She was but, like, we, she's just like, oh, I was just about to talk about fallopian tubes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was great. But um, I didn't have any, any issue with that at all. Um, but I felt like part of this movie, and this might have been my expectations, but like I expected this to sort of be – you know, a sort of female empowerment kind of movie. And I feel like it was the opposite. I feel like there was a lot of metaphor and not just symbolism and metaphor, but like actual abuse to women in this movie. And they kind of turned the idea of the control of female bodies into a movie. And um, I couldn't get away from this notion that the, 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 the end, like the big villain at the end, was just a metaphor for some big male-controlled government telling female bodies what they can and cannot do. Um, And I just couldn't get away with how much this one guy could hurt so many women. And even Natasha had to break her own nose to fight him. Which was awesome. Oh, I I know, because it's like, you know what? She is going to battle the patriarchy. And she's going to take you down because who do you think you are that you can control these women's with your pheromones? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I thought I, it is heavy and it's probably because this is such a real problem. Yeah, uh, human human trafficking yeah. is a huge issue, mostly for females. Like, yeah. and it's one of those things I remember hearing. There's not like it's not a joke. It's just a statement that when a woman is walking alone at night and she sees a man walking towards her, she's thinking, is he going to kill me? And if a man sees a woman, his first thought is, wow, she's pretty. So it's mm-hmm. like women have this innate fear that they are going to be overtaken mm-hmm. physically and that violence is going to be inflicted upon them. And I think that this movie kind of uh, agrees with that idea in yeah. that it says that, you know, women are a commodity that the world has too much of and no one cares about women. So let's just do whatever we want with them. Yeah. And even at the end, when she fights the patriarchy and wins and takes down the red room, you're left with these thousands of broken, abused women all over the world having suffered this trauma. So it's not really a happy ending. Now these women have to pick themselves up off the literal floor after being, you know, broken and abused and sterilized and whatever else that they've Brain, been through. And brainwashed. Just, I mean, they're, uh, they all have, yeah, these are not people who are going to, you know, reintegrate into society no, very well. It's, it's just really sad and traumatic. And it's just, I'm again, I enjoyed the movie. It's just, it's parts of it are very heavy. I don't think it's a like a feminist, you know, movie in any way. I think that it's, it it's showing how women are treated in the world and that it's sad and abusive in a lot of ways. And uh, that just made it kind of a downer, you know, it was kind of a downer at the end and for me. It, it, it was. And I think like you had David Harbour. Um, he know, tried his best. To he did. He tried of, he to, to bring that sort of humor. I was cracking up when he was trying to fit in his suit that yeah. it was like, I don't think that's going to fit. Yeah. But and you had uh, I kept laughing whenever uh, Elena would make fun of <laughs> her pose. Yes. Black Widow's pose. Yes. Yeah. 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 That and was all what, improv, by the way. Um, was it? <laughs> yeah. That was an improvised joke that they ran with. I loved when Elena did it and then stood up and like shuddered like. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there were some great, really great things. I know from what I've read. People were very upset at, about Taskmaster being introduced as a villain. Yeah, in this. well, this one was weird to me because I got what what they did and why they did it. But um, Taskmaster in the comics was originally a dude. And right. the power that he had was that he could mirror your fighting style. So you would end up. Almost like, I don't know if you've seen Tenant, but you know how they were like fighting themselves and they, you know, it almost looked like a dance. That would be a lot of what would happen with Taskmaster in the comics. And so they, they played with that in the movie where at one point Taskmaster's fighting style looked like Captain America. And at one point it looked like Yelena's. And at one point it looked like Natasha's. And at one point it looked like Black Panther. Remember she had the, so I mean, yeah, that from what I've, and this is just me reading I don't think they articles. went far enough with that. That's I think what it, people were saying. Yeah, like, it was that, it was hinted at instead of really done, you know. And that I guess there are people who think that Taskmaster is one of the greatest villains. Oh. In the universe, and they wanted 
him to be introduced, but they felt like reworking it almost seemed like they were trying to fit a circle in a square. Right. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I don't know enough about Taskmaster that. Yeah, I don't either. I wasn't as disappointed as somebody who was a fan. I can understand why if you were a fan of that character, you would be upset, though, because it was sort of a throwaway kind of character in this movie um, that they tried to play off for, I guess, a payoff at the end. Right. And it didn't really work for me. So I could, if, if it didn't really work for me as knowing nothing, if somebody was a fan, I could see why they would be upset for sure. So, I mean, yeah, when I read that, I was like, well, I could see that because it really was. I mean, we talked about the whole movie and, you know, in the kind of wrap up, we're talking about Taskmaster because right. she was, really wasn't the um, wasn't you know, the focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this was a good movie that could have been better in mm-hmm. my mind. It could have been better in a lot of ways. It could have been better if it had a proper send off for Natasha, if it was fit properly into the timeline where it should, you know, have gone where it needed right. to be. Um I mean, I guess if they did that, then Natasha wouldn't have been dead and you would have had to do something else with the the end but, credit like, scene. Yeah, but, but that I mean, that's really the only thing that they would have to remove. Right. Everything not, else would have been fine. Exactly. They even dyed her hair blonde at the end, you know, like so you know, her hair lined up perfectly with the timeline. That's so. what, and that's what I mean. Like, we don't, I guess this is the whole women versus men. Like, we weren't comparing, well, maybe some of us were because he's very handsome, Chris Evans' particular looks from movie to movie. But people really did compare Scarlett Johansson's the haircut, the hair color. Like, yeah. what does it mean? And it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, maybe it's blonde now because it's for her sister. Oh, so, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, I didn't think about her. I, I just either. I just thought she got a, you know, there is one scene in Endgame where I'm like, ooh, she got a bad haircut. But, yeah. uh, you know, but I don't think it's that much of a mystery where you could have just removed that that final scene and the movie would have folded in nicely with whatever phase that existed mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was a lot of stuff that sort of retreaded in here. You know, I feel like the bringing down of the flying thing, the red room being this like flying thing was very reminiscent of um, the second Captain America movie where they had to bring down the, what the heck did they call those things? Um, I'm drawing a a blank. And I love that movie too, but you know, he's, he's, he's fighting Bucky on this floating platform and you know, they're trying to bring it down. Um, But Winter Soldier, he's fighting Winter Soldier, Bucky. And, and you know, that, that felt like sort of a retread for me. Like, we've seen the fighting on the flying thing that has to be brought down. You know, we've seen that kind of thing before. And I felt like a, a little bit of this movie kind of did that sort of retready kind of stuff. Um, but that being said, all told, it was it was good. It was it had a lot of fun to it. It had some really awesome supporting characters that were almost so good they took away from the main character. We're, we're um, looking at you, Rachel Weiss and yeah, David Harbour. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the supporting cast in this was so good, it was shocking. Um, but And they had, like, a kind of villain that I wasn't crazy about. Like, I, I think the villain was not really well uh, flushed mm-hmm. out. But, yeah. you know, other than that, I mean, there was a lot of good to it. I just came across a little bit of a downer at the end because I thought it was very heavy and very, um, very much about female violence and abuse. And that, that I really wanted that nice send off at the end for her. I wanted that nice funeral scene, even if it was just her sister, 
like you said, with the whistle or with an with an Avenger kneeling at the grave or something that wouldn't have been tarnished by the Contessa showing up there. You're like, um, so yeah, something more solemn. Yeah, exactly. I think she deserved it. You know, I mean, Tony Stark's funeral had its own theme music and That's you can't true. even give me a post credit scene for Black Widow that doesn't yeah. have somebody else in it making it hokey. And you know? he had the chance to record his final thoughts. He did that. So you got to see that as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I wanted a bit more, but overall, it's definitely worth watching for sure. That's how I'll leave it. What and now, now we have it forever. Mm-hmm. As long as we have Disney Plus. True. Yeah. Which is nice. Because yeah, I think there's a few people who I know who still want to come over and see it. So that's cool. Exactly. So it's like to be shared. All right. Whew, okay, that was heavy. All right, I know. so uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's wrap it up with our three things that stood out. We can move through these probably pretty fairly quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, so one thing that stood out to me this week was um, I recently finished reading the Shadow and Bone novel, and I will confirm, based on what almost everyone on the Internet said, the show is better than the book Ooh. for a number of reasons. Um, not the least of which was that the two main characters, Alina and Mal, were both horrible, horrible characters in the book. Dislikable. Oh, Mal was very aggressive and manipulating. Alina was just really down on herself, depressed, self-deprecating. I mean, oh, it was just brutal to read. And, um... Weirdly enough, the age difference between Alina and uh, Kerrigan did not exist in the book. Oh, they're the same age? Yeah, well, I mean, he's like immortal, right? So, you know, but they didn't didn't look like they had an age difference. Okay. So um, I'm wondering if maybe the show did that because he was immortal and had lived for a thousand years and that was how they they represented it. But I don't know. It didn't exist in the book. Um. But, yeah, the book was not – I didn't enjoy it, Alin. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to send it to you. I'm curious, okay. All I'm right. curious what you're going to think. Because I do – I'm almost wondering. Out. Yeah, because there's two well, There's two other there's books, right? Five books, right? There's the, the And then there's the Crow, the, right? Yeah, the Crows. There's, yeah. So it's like I wonder where they're going to go next. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, I'm not going to read any more of them. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> I'm I'm going to bow myself right on out of that one. All right, all um, right. So I'll, I'll send you this one and then you can read it and you can tell me if you feel like you need to keep going. But I think the show is good enough for me. Right. OK, now. I can yeah. see that. I can see that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, moving on. Um, things that stood out to us. Lovecraft Country got canceled. Right. Right. Then it got a million Emmy noms. So yes. that was sort of a slap in HBO's face. I think it was 14. 14 yeah. Emmy nominations. Take that, HBO. Well-deserved nominations, I will say, on that one. Very well-deserved. But then the writer, I, do you know her name, Olin? I'm not, I don't know. Um, if we don't, it's fine. But. I just miss, I'm trying to think, what was her name? She, um, um, she leaked season two, right? Because she said, yes. well, we've been canceled, so I might as well tell you what season two was going to look like. And then it was funny because we had a whole conversation about this. So you told me what her plan was. Do you remember roughly what the plan was? Yeah. uh, So I I just looked up her name. Her name is Misha Green. 
And she like leaked. It's like a 75 page document. Right. um, Because she had plotted it out. And for those of you that watched it, it is an anthology series. It was supposed to be an anthology series. So Mm -hmm. season one does have an ending to it. And it was going to pick up in season two where there was going to be the United States was going to be divided into a bunch of different, I guess you could call them tribal, tribal areas. Mm-hmm. So it would have had like, um, looking at the, the White Lands, the New Negro Republic, the Jefferson Commonwealth, and the tribal nations of the West. So mm-hmm. it would have been called Lovecraft Country Supremacy. Mm-hmm. And she had it all planned out. The one thing that I am seeing that is... um kind of good i guess she's going to write and direct the next tomb raider well that's a series that really needs some new blood yeah so so i'm hoping she can inject some new blood into that but she also signed like a a multi-year deal with apple tv so there's discussion rumor innuendo that she might try to bring lovecraft country to apple tv Okay, well, that would be Um, interesting because I don't I mean, we have Apple TV at the moment because of buying a new device, but that's going to go away at some point. I don't know if I'll have access to Apple TV after that. So that'll be a different that'll be tough to get to get access to. Actually, I um, I my time ran out on my device. Mm. Um, So we've got your back on that one. Yeah. So so, I mean, so I'm I know Ted Lasso is coming out and I figured I would, uh, you know, there's ways to get around it and get a free trial. But um, we have it for a while so we can help you out there. I know I want to see Foundation, too. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I mean, that so that was a thing like Ted Lasso. And I watched the morning show that Jennifer Aniston, mm-hmm. Reese with this. It was all right. Mm. Um, but I was like, I'm not paying just for Ted Lasso for one no. television show. Yeah. But if Lovecraft Country is on there, I'll try to figure out a way to watch it. Cause... So here's here's the thing, though. You sent all that to me. Right. And I was oh, looking right. at it. And I am in you like I remember this so specifically because you were like, wow, this is so original. Right. You were like, yeah, I was like, this, this is different. so cool. And I immediately said. Nope. I have read this comic. It's called East of West, this exact thing. And the crazy thing was the map in East of West even looked similar to her map, like the western part of the country. You said she called it the tribal lands or something like that. In East of West, it was called the Endless Nation. And that's where all of the native people lived. And they had the the Negro kind of black area in East of West. They had the crazy white people area. I mean, it was like identical and i was like this is not original like i got all snobby about it i know you're like i've seen this somewhere before and i was like i haven't and you sent it to me and i can see it like you know i see it i can see it anyway anyway not saying she ripped off east of west but it did look really similar and i'm just saying to hbo max but i'm gonna do the pretty woman like big mistake yeah shame on you yeah i i'm glad i'm glad that they got so many, and I hope they win. I do too. Just a jump, even bigger slap to their face. Exactly. I mean, and I guess that depends on how much clout you give the Emmys these days. But uh, that's, that, that's that's also true. Like we right. we're not gonna watch them, but we're no. hoping that the yeah. shows we like. I'll win. I'll read the news articles the next day. <laughs> 
All right, we're going really long today, so let's finish up this last one by talking about how horrible Space Jam is. Take oh. it away, Elaine. <laughs> so I inadvertently watched um, Space Jam. It was All of on. It? Uh, most of it, yes. Mm. It was it was on in the background at my my sister and brother-in-law's house and it was basically the first 20 minutes it felt like was just an homage to LeBron James's career. Oh boy. Um then there was this weird type of thing where they inserted all kinds of Warner Brothers movies into space jam so you got to see if you ever wanted to see i don't know bugs bunny in the matrix or uh, their choices their choices on this were unbelievably bad because warner brothers owns tons of properties oh yeah and this is a kids movie you're not why are you putting casablanca the matrix and game of thrones and not harry potter hello like what are you even thinking about like this so was mind-boggling. This it was, was and, awful. And, th- and that's when I got, I was like, wait, what? I go, what is this movie? And then, you know, I don't know if you read or saw the movie Ready Player One, where like, unfortunately, ev- yes, the book is way better. The oh, I couldn't get through the book either. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. <laughs> All right, it's okay. But if anyone who's not aware of it, it takes like every pop culture reference in the world. Yeah, and smooshes them all together. And, and that is what Space Jam did. So every single character that Warner Brothers owns, from the from the White Walkers to Batman, all of Batman's villains, and strangely enough, the goons from Clockwork Orange what were, the heck? were prominently featured as attendees of the Space Jam game. Might be the most not kids movie of all time. Oh Oh my god. I had trouble watching that movie. And this was recently. This was recently. Um, but it was just it was such a mess. And they took Bugs Bunny and all of our favorite characters and made them 3D. So it's it's like I don't need to see the the hair on Bugs Bunny's arms. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need yeah. to see the whiskers. It was very like, it's like, did they run this by any type of test audience? Because this is no. weird. Yeah. yeah. No. It was horrible, but it did come in number one at the box office. And LeBron James was like, take this haters. It's like, well, you guess what? That That's going to stick around forever. And that movie is yeah. horrible. Oh, my gosh. It was so, so bad. All right. That's hey, it. you know, at the end of the year, we should do like our best of and worst of. This, oh, we you should. Know? Pull, like, OK, I'm putting just, Space Jam. Right yeah, now. just make a note of this now. So you remember it when we do our end of year recap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I could forget it, but I'll remember it. Oh, I know. Right. Anyway. OK, well, that was that was good. That was good. That I was think good. So. it's a good show. Good show. All right. <laughs> So, um, yeah, we'll see you guys again in probably a couple of weeks. We uh, we're looking pretty empty on uh, episode 13 right now. So we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to watch some stuff. We're going to have to do some we're going to have to do some homework. So we are going to have to do some homework. So it might be two solid weeks before we get back to you. But as always, we'd like to thank you for listening and that you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, search for three speech and look for the bears. We are also on all of your favorite podcasty kind of things. We're on Overcast now. 
We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, anywhere that they will physically accept me, I am submitting. (laughs) We're everywhere. We're everywhere. All right. So um, we're going to say goodbye and thank you today. And I would like to round it out by playing the Jamie Was Right sound. I was going to say that. I was like, you should do that. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Thank you.